people like games. What's up, what's up? Presents. The At Some Point in the Day Show with Solo. It's Solo, and welcome back to the show for Thursday. Going to be hitting you with a little bit of the recap and a new void for the show. Normally, I feel like it is a bit more serious and functionally focused on being informative. And now I'm going to be entertaining with a underlining of informativeness. So if you were like, this is great, but particularly niche in its output. Now we're going to expand that bitch a little bit. Instead of continually explaining what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. But first, the socials. At people like games is a handle, Twitter, Instagram, etc. The website, the shop, plg.gg, and this show you are listening to right now can be found on all the usual content suspects: YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, etc. etc. Now, without doing much further, let's start it off with the biggest pieces of news for today. Firstly, the Last of Us is going to be getting a HBO adaptation with Neil Druckmann, the develop the creative head of the game, joining on as one of the writers. Great series to be a reflection as to the depth and quality of storytelling in video games. And if this is done right, I think it will probably be the best quality uh, product that has come from these adaptations. And I hope it then convinces Guillermo del Toro to take serious the Bioshock adaptation that I have been pitching for him to make for quite a while. But that is not related to this. Another writer on it is going to be Craig Mazin, who is going to be working with Eli Roth on the Borderlands movie as well. He is the writer of the HBO show Chernobyl, which if you haven't seen it, you should as well. But now the next story I had mentioned yesterday that ESA reiterated they were going to monitor the situation about having E3 in June following the California state of emergency. It looks like now they are in a bit more trouble as the production company behind the event. I am 8-Bit has dropped out as a creative director of the event. A few months out, it's probably becoming very logistically challenging. I can imagine not worth the headache, especially as so many companies are still debating whether they'll even be able to make it or whether this will be a remote digital only showcase. So we'll see who who this will work in favor of who has the best digital presence. They're going to get the advantage for the next couple of months. But anyway, now just a few of the stories that have occurred over the course of the week. The Final Fantasy VII remake demo has been released and I mentioned don't really play it. Didn't really care when it came out. Final Fantasy IX is a better game. And so unless they make Final Fantasy IX Remake, I will just give you that information. The IEM Catalyst, which is one of the premier ELS Counter-Strike GO tournaments, had its license to hold the event revoked literally the day before. And they were forced to hold it without an audience and then just did it online, which sort of relates to what E3 is likely potentially going to have to face. And so a lot going on with what is happening with the uh, coronavirus, which to mention the Game Developers Conference, which was the theme of last week as companies continually dropped out, has officially announced that 
they were going to cancel it and push it to uh, summer. Hopefully, they didn't really have a rescheduling date, but current conditions made it impossible to hold. But PAX East, another one of them that caught like a portion of the withdrawals of attendance, ended up getting one major announcement, which was Marvel is coming out with a mobile game with Netmarble that aims to be a AAA open RPG superhero selection mobile game. So mouthful there, but apparently they believe in it. And Marvel is now focusing on calling the gaming market because their film their films have peaked to a degree. Not to say it's not going to make a lot more money, but what it was creating and making is not going to happen again. And so now that they've created this large scale familiarity with such a breadth of characters, now what's the best place to now find a new avenue to make money on it? Video games. Expect that to happen. Then... Mario Kart Tour, the game that came out in September that I assumed was going to change mobile gaming, but that did not because it was done very poorly, is now finally, six months later, introducing multiplayer. May end up being really good, may end up being really bad. Who knows? We'll find out. I'll report on it, I suppose. Thoroughly disappointed. But next up, Valorant has been announced for summer 2020. That is the first person shooter that Riot Games has been working on under the name Project A for the past couple of years. Takes elements of Counter-Strike Go and Overwatch. The And its release timing in announcement is no coincidence given both the Overwatch League and the Counter-Strike Go Leagues and the Call of Duty League are occurring at the moment. And so what better way to sort of take over uh, the interest of gamers than to tease out over the course of someone else's season, your new game that will be launched after their season's over. So sort of dickish, but it's Riot. So what a Riot. The Smash World Tour is happening, 250K in with no association with Nintendo. Apparently it's gonna be seven countries online tournaments that finalizes in a couple of different spots. Would It's gonna be really awesome if they do it. The scale is enormous and awesome and would, would really love to get the uh, production company behind it onto the show to talk to them a little bit, but that's another story. Now, Nintendo, the Switch, turn three. Some of the numbers, 50 plus million consoles sold. I think 10 plus titles with eight plus million games sold. It's only going to grow. It's literally only been three years. It hasn't even released some of its sort of like continually biggest titles or taking full advantage of what the Switch is capable of. So arguably one of the greatest consoles of all time within three years. However, run by Nintendo, which allows them to do stuff like not support the biggest fighting game uh, that is out right now in Super Smash Brothers. And by biggest, I mean most popular, even outside of viewership numbers and in esports popularity, but in general population popularity. So if you want to argue that, argue with someone else, I'm not interested. To finish up for some of the news that came up yesterday, because this has been going over a chronological order from Monday, even though the top was news from today, I know that sounds sort of confusing, but it does make sense. I thought about it before I did it. Zynga facing a class action lawsuit due to a information data breach that occurred in September of 2019. And the fact that they just put on their website that, yo, your shit got hacked and did not email any of the people whose credit card information was taken to be like, yo, your shit was hacked. Maybe you should potentially think about changing that or your information that is. And so by nature, not doing that, now they're facing a class action lawsuit due to negligence and failure to notify within the realm of liability, but I'm not a lawyer. 
and the course are the courts. So we shall follow this as it goes through. Stadia has decided to open up its own gaming studio and has hired the former head of Sony Santa Monica, the studio behind the new God of War game for PS4, one of the best games of all time. If you haven't played it, go buy it and play it. And the goal of the company is to develop, obviously, exclusive IP that features new mechanics and gaming interactions, whatever that means. Great press release, however, very curious to see what products can come out from it. Their only real bet is to do something as Netflix did with say House of Cards and to create a console launcher uh, or something to launch the console with. And that being in quotes as a metaphor for what they need to create in a game instead of the fact that it is not actually a console and it actually came out already. Not the point. Going to move on to the final story, Bungie has decided to remove loot boxes, randomized ones from Destiny 2 in its upcoming update on March 10th, stating that they no longer believe that they reflect the value and vision of the company and have moved the items that could be uh, received in those purchasable randomized loot boxes to a free track in the battle pass. A lot of companies and publishers are now moving to a battle pass because they are very moral upstanding citizens and not because they presume that there will be inevitable uh, legislation and lawsuits to battle should they continue on with this and that they have not reaped the most that they could from the money that was available before it caught on. But again, just a speculation by someone who sees some dots and then tries to connect them. However, like I said, that's all I got. It was a quick one. Just wanted to run through these things. Going to come with a little bit more energy from now on. Going to make this a bit more amusing from now on. And going to add a few new elements to the final app. Whole lot of new shit. Whole lot of new, whole lot of, whole lot of shit. And so, as always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the initial dry run, and now we have a few spices to add to uh, get some some flavor up in this piece. And so, if you've enjoyed it, prepare to enjoy it more. If you're new, prepare to be a fan, and if you've not heard of it, you probably would not hear this message. That makes sense. Okay. Anyway, appreciate the listeners. You know how this ends. Bean!